Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. When I talked to Suzanne Kingsbury the other day, one thing she said really stuck in my mind. She talked about how, for her, writing was like the boy next door. It was what she kept coming back to over and over through the years. It was something that pulled at her that she just couldn't get over. Um, and it was it was the arts. It was writing. And finally, when she went back to it, it felt so right. And um, she knocked out two best-selling books. So it made me think, what is my boy next door? What's pulling me towards it? And it has to be writing. I'll tell you more about my writing um, from when I was a little kid in a minute. But I wanted to ask you, my listeners, what's pulling at you? What's your boy next door? What's causing the nagging feeling at the back of your mind? What was your first love the first time you felt like you were in the zone? Um, I interviewed Sarah Jones a while back. She wanted to be a veterinarian when she was little, but like a lot of college students, her social life kind of took precedence over her grades and she decided to end up majoring in something. I think it was accounting. Um, but something she could get a job in right out of school. Her life got busy and, you know, she got into the routine of working and saving for retirement. And she told herself that competing in rodeos was good enough. That would get her close to horses. She loved horses more than any other animal. And rodeos were good enough for a while until they weren't. And she describes how she was sitting at her job in the city courthouse and staring at the floor and thinking, I do not want to spend the next 20 years sitting at this desk, looking at this floor. So she decided to apply to vet school, or in the words of Suzanne, she decided to go back and marry the boy next door. And it did turn out good. Y'all can go back and listen to that episode. I have another friend who um, wanted to be a lawyer, and she told me how she applied to law school three times, and she finally got in. But she decided not to go because she was married and his plans for their life didn't include law school. And she felt like it would be easier to just follow his path. And so she declined the acceptance to law school and eventually they split up. And so she's slowly trying to figure out who she is and who she wants to be and, you know, who her boy next door is. Um. And Suzanne talked about how an injury, a life change, or a disease could often be a portal that opens up this new version of you. Or it may not be a new version of you. It may be a version of you that you lost a long time ago. 
I was listening to Martha Beck on a podcast yesterday. She has a new book out. And um, so she was talking about integrity. And she said, when you're not living a life lined up with your integrity, it's like being in hell. Um, she says, your body will revolt. You'll develop physical symptoms. You will just not feel well mentally, emotionally, and physically. And if you can even take one step towards your authentic self, just acknowledging um, that inner whisper that you keep hearing, making that one phone call to the boy next door, (laughs) then you can start on the path of living with integrity. And that's, you'll know because it'll just feel right. So if you feel out of sorts, if you feel like, ugh, something's just not right, I just, I'm not happy, I don't know why I'm not happy, then you need to just take a deep look at um, at sort of what your choices are and do they line up with your integrity. This was on um, Marie Forleo, if y'all want to listen to it. So what if you don't know who the boy next door is? Well, if you ask your friends and family, they'll know. They will. They know you better than then you're willing to admit. You can ask your childhood self. She'll know. And you may say you don't know, but deep down, I think you probably do because it won't come as a shock when you finally find that. Um, Mine is writing, so I don't know that I'll ever be able to stop writing. Um, The words just, uh, I I get kind (laughs) of... This is going to sound bad, but it's kind of like being constipated if I can't write. I have to let those words out. And, um, you know, the only time I think I went two weeks without writing on my computer was when we were in Guatemala and I took a journal and like filled the whole thing up. The first thing I remember writing was poetry. And this was, I mean, I was little, like, I don't know, maybe four. And I wrote a poem about a squirrel and a nut. And then later when I was 10, I found this um, story that I wrote and I remembered it. It was going to be a novel, but I guess I didn't have enough material, but it was going to be about twins that got kidnapped. And I was laughing because clearly I didn't think through the logistics of how you would um, kidnap not one, but two 10-year-old girls. So if we figure out what our boy next door is, why don't we follow through? Well, it's fear, it's life, life gets in the way, or, well, we let life get in the way. We have jobs, we have kids, we have to survive. And Suzanne's advice was to focus on survival first, you know, make sure you're not, um, you know, going to put your kids out on the street because you can't pay your mortgage because you're um, doing pottery all the time. But make sure there's enough energy left over to allow curiosity and wonder to have some space in your life. But, I mean, I do get it. I get that you don't have time to think about this other thing, the boy next door. You're in survival mode. You're exhausted when you get home from work, and you can't imagine adding one more thing to your plate. And it probably takes you half of your vacation to feel like you're on vacation, and then it takes the other half that you spend dreading going back to work or going back to real life. Maybe it's not work. Maybe it's just going back to the grind. If you're living this kind of existence and there's no release hatch in sight, don't give up. I was talking to a friend who told me she doesn't, um, even when she takes time off, it doesn't feel like it's really time off because she's still getting texts and messages and 
Um, and when she's home, she feels overwhelmed by all the clutter and the to-dos and the chores. And she just feels like she's drowning and sort of trapped. And she can't focus on any of these extra things um, because she's in this constant cortisol state. And Suzanne taught us how cortisol shuts down our motivation and creativity. So is this you? Let's focus on how you feel. So the first step is just to notice, and this is easy. It's so easy that you may just poo-poo it and roll your eyes, but notice what you're feeling. So you bring awareness to your feelings and your emotions, and I even say it like out loud. I mean, not if I'm in the room with a patient, but if I'm by myself, I'll say like, I feel anxious about all of the work demands, or I feel anxious about taxes due and find a nanny for the summer. And then say or notice where you feel this in your body. So eventually you'll be able to do this like really fast. Like I'll say anxiety because of this in my throat or in my belly. And you might be thinking, how's this going to help me feel less anxious? I'm thinking about it more now that I'm saying it. Um, But hang on. The point here is to get out of your head and into your body and to practice noticing because you have to slow down before you can get off the freeway. And right now, most of us are on the freeway. So you got three homework assignments and you could do one, you could do two, you could do all three of them. But the first one is just to notice, set a reminder on your phone for three times a day and just notice what am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? Second assignment is to notice what brings you joy or what you're grateful for and write it down. You can even like voice tech, voice email it to yourself if you don't have time to actually type out the words. Um, and number three is to write a letter to yourself to, sorry, write a letter to you from your childhood self. What did she love doing that she misses? Pay attention to what you keep coming back to over and over in your life. What's pulling at you? What's been tugging at you over the years? And just write that down. If you don't want to do that, Google um, childhood self meditation and you can do a guided meditation where it literally takes 15 minutes and they walk you through it. And you'll be really surprised by what you hear. All right, y'all. Leave me a review, if you will. It's um, You have to go to Apple, and you click on the number of stars, and then you write a review, and that is so helpful, and I really appreciate it. And you can also shoot me a DM at Hope the PA and let me know what you think about the podcast or any suggestions you have. And if this podcast impacted you, please send it to a friend. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. If you like this podcast and think someone else could benefit, please share it. I'd also love for you to write a review on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify or Apple. And lastly, if you would like more of the same, come over to my website, hopethepa.com. Thank y'all for listening.